Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network, the Thursday edition. You can join us on YouTube and much more. Subscribe there. Check us out at outkick.com. Uh, coming up, we'll dive into a, a variety of headlines, including ratings for the Stanley Cup Finals and NBA Finals. The Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA team, they're upset with the, the White House over uh, a Biden tweet uh, and snubbing them over uh, the Golden Knights. We dive there, plus uh, the Oakland A's and Rob Manfred taking some shots at the fan base and the A's attendance on a reverse boycott and comments made uh, about an hour ago. Uh, details there and more. U.S. Open ongoing records, record low. Two players. First, it was Ricky Fowler, 62 in the opening round, an all-time low score for U.S. Open history, Ricky Fowler. And then Xander Shoffley follows up with a 62 of his own. Both are eight under to begin the tournament out in Los Angeles. Chad, speaking of uh, L.A., the uh, former Dodgers pitcher, Trevor Bauer, who's now uh, pitching in Japan, um, he has now a fourth woman who has accused him of sexual assault. This is a, a lawsuit filed in Arizona, and he has countersued this woman for fraud, saying that uh, more or less she's attempting, uh, attempting to extort, uh, extort him uh, for, for funds. And what is a an amended complaint. She's saying she had an unplanned pregnancy uh, that all stemmed from a sexual assault from Trevor Bauer. So this continues for the pitcher who's been effectively not banned from Major League Baseball uh, by decree, but pitching in a different country because no team wants to sign him based on the fines, the suspension, and the ongoing litigation that continues. Yeah, and um, reading the details of the story, it was Bauer who initially made a claim against her for trying to extort him, and then now this lawsuit comes out. There was claims of money, that she was demanding money to take care of the pregnancy, that he would only pay so much of it. So then he said he was being extorted, and there was some back and forth. And the authorities, based on what I read, acknowledged that, yes, Trevor Bauer contacted us first, and then she contacted us after that. So, weird story. We'll, we'll see where it all goes, but it does appear that where all this is headed is Trevor Bauer never playing in Major League Baseball again. I, I'm going to be shocked if that happens at this point based on the way he's just been blackballed from the majors. Conor McGregor uh, back in the crosshairs as well in, in terms of allegations. An allegation of rape. Uh, he's saying it's complete fiction, but this stems from uh, an allegation – from the night of the punch to the mascot when he was in Miami for the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets NBA Finals game. Uh, this coming through uh, TMZ. Uh, it, it is uh, Ariel Mitchell, who's the attorney for the unnamed alleged victim, who sent letters to McGregor, the NBA, and the Miami Heat. 
the Heat are also involved in this, and I'll explain in a moment. But McGregor is, is accused of violently sexually assaulting this unnamed woman in a men's restroom. And this is after, according to what uh, the attorney has sent, and this is all obtained by TMZ, this is after the NBA and the Heat security staff allegedly separated the woman from her friend and forced her into the bathroom. The letter alleges that security refused to let her exit or anyone else, including her friend, inside the bathroom. And uh, goes on to say that while it's very explicit, while she was in there, McGregor assaulted and raped her. And that when she came out, security did allow her to go back in to get her purse out of the men's restroom. So this involves not just McGregor, but the Heat and the NBA in what has been uh, a letter sent from the attorney on behalf of the unnamed woman. Uh, it's an awful claim. It's an awful charge uh, against him. And it's one that we will not make the mistake of jumping to conclusions one way or the other. We'll have to see how, how it plays out. You've got well, two sides to it right now, but the claim itself is terrible if that's the way it went down, but we don't know. We'll have to let it all play out. Well, reports are he has not entered into the testing pool for USADA, which is the governing body for all drug testing for UFC. But currently, right now, I believe they're two or three episodes in for The Ultimate Fighter, which is airing on ESPN Plus and ESPN platforms with McGregor and Michael Chandler, and they're supposed to fight coming up in the UFC and at a date that has not yet been announced. Something to follow for sure, and it's not the first time McGregor's been in the legal headlines here. Chad, the Oakland A's, they did the reverse boycott or attempted this. It was the best crowd they've seen. It was like 26,000 or something, I believe, that showed up. I was happy. I was watching the videos and stuff of the, the tailgating and things that took place by the fans. Uh, they saw a 2-1 victory by the A's. And it, it, sound, it, it sucks to say 26,000 is a large crowd, but it was great to see on their behalf. Meanwhile, you've got Rob Manfred saying, oh, uh, this is to the media and through ESPN. Uh, the quote is, I mean, it was great. It was great to see what is this year almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing. That's from the Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manfred, uh, following discussions that, you know, maybe this will spur some change and they can actually keep the team or Oakland wants to keep uh, Major League Baseball there. There has never been an offer. There's never been anything on the table between Major League Baseball, the A's, or the city. Uh, and that's why we are where we are in terms of trying to see this team head to Vegas. From the and their, Major League Baseball perspective. Their attendance issues have nothing to do with the fans in no. Oakland. So no. Rob Manfred can take his little snarky comment and go somewhere else with it. Unless he's actually calling out and making fun of the A's ownership, then I'm okay with it well, by saying that. Well, but this what, what, is all ownership but he's mixed Manfred, with the city's Manfred fault. is responding, though, to the Oakland mayor who is responding to the reverse boycott as an effort. It was an opportunity to grandstand as if they had – it was a scathing statement that – that detailed that they actually proposed a potential stadium outline and a solution to keep the A's there, which Manfred is saying is just totally false, did not happen. And the fact that they're using an average crowd to prop up that and when they didn't support this to begin with is laughable. I'm paraphrasing that part, but that's what he's pointing to. I don't think he's making fun of the fans. He's making fun of the fact that they're, the, the mayor's office is propping up what is an average crowd attendance 
for a reason why Major League Baseball should have looked back for a second or third time, considering that they actually made an offer, and they didn't. And this happened on a day when Nevada passed a big bill that's going to allow the A's to move to Las Vegas. The whole thing is just sad to me because I watched the moment in the fifth inning where they waited, and then they start. It was complete silence for yeah. the at-bat. Then yeah. they broke out to the sell the team chant altogether. While powerful, it means nothing because – Sell, what's selling the team going to do? It's going to make the owner and the ownership group a ton of money for someone else to go profit big time in Vegas. It's not going yeah. to keep the team in Oakland. So, and are you really punishing the owner? He's going to make a ton of money based on the prospects of a Vegas A's team and not an Oakland A's team. So that fan base in that city still loses their Major League Baseball team. That's got a ton of history in the Bay Area. So it's just... I mean, cool to see fans in that venue again for a game, I guess. But the whole episode just sort of made me sad. Yeah. Knowing that it's already done. They're dead. That franchise in Oakland is already dead. There's nothing they can do. So, great. You know, you got together for a funeral. And now now the owner's just going to make billions off moving the team to Vegas. And you get nothing. Chad, the uh, Las Vegas Aces feel like... They get nothing in terms of respect. No respect. From the POTUS Twitter account. Uh, the uh, commander-in-chief, uh, Joe Biden, through his Twitter account, congratulated the Golden Knights for winning the first major professional franchise in such a proud American city of Las Vegas. And today, the team and the entire community are champions. And, of course, the WNBA's Las Vegas Aces won a championship out of Las Vegas. This was last year. Uh, owned by Mark Davis, the Aces. And that prompted uh, many of their players, but specifically, uh, you have one in particular uh, who's pissed off, Asia Wilson. Twitter not letting me quote quote tweet the the POTUS tweet, uh, when is our White House visit? And then uh, along with a video uh, for being snubbed in terms of getting recognition for winning the first championship for Las Vegas. Have to admit, I don't know what BFFR means, but I'm guessing one of the Fs are a word that we can't say. Sure. So uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm, I'm, that's just my assumption. I think that President Biden's um, confusion on this actually saved him. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Let, let's show the tweet one more time from, from Biden. Because everything he says is factually correct, even though it is so damn confusing the way it's read. Congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights on their first Stanley Cup in just their sixth season. The first major professional franchise in such a proud American city. That's all true. They came in 2017. They are the first major professional franchise to appear in Vegas. The Aces moved from San Antonio in 2018. Ah. So it's not the first team to win a championship. He credits them for their Stanley Cup. That's all accurate. In the first sentence, and the second sentence, it's so confusing (laughs) The way it's read, he's saying congrats on winning the Stanley Cup in just your sixth season, and then out of nowhere, the first major professional franchise in such a proud American city. All that's accurate. Asia Wilson has – now, she, she can be mad about not being invited to the White House yet, I guess, and all of that, but she's, she's got no reason to complain about that because even if you count the Vegas Aces, Vegas Aces as a major professional franchise, which I do not – because there are four. There's a big four, 
There's not a big seven, which that would probably be where WNBA would lie, somewhere right. around seven or eight. There's a big four. Major professional franchises are Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, or NHL. So, yes, they got there before the Aces, even if you wanted to argue the WNBA is a major professional league and major professional sport. You still were beaten to Vegas by the Golden Knights. So, everything Biden tweeted in an odd way is 100% accurate. Nothing to be mad about at all. Everyone that uh, pays the fee to move to Vegas ultimately wins. I mean, even if you're not winning on the field or uh, maybe the A's don't win initially on the diamond, they're going to win in a windfall of, of cash and a boatload of attention, right? But you also win championships. And many of the leagues that are, I mean, the NFL is going to draw, right? Yeah. The Raiders are going to draw. You don't have to prop them up with some, you know, uh, voted through uh, amendment to whatever has been the case for previous franchises that are either on the move or want to become uh, an expansion franchise. But that's exactly what they did for the Golden Knights. And the, the Aces moved there, and they're winning the title as well. Mark Davis, though, wants the title with the, the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of pressure on Josh McDaniels. And they're rolling with Jimmy G in order to do that. They've got pieces there. Devontae Adams is there. We may not see Josh McDaniels there for much longer. Reports were, though, that Davis couldn't afford to fire him. How is that possible? I don't know. They spend so much money on his haircuts. Maybe he doesn't have enough. It's $100 a haircut. Leftover money. To one report that did some feature on that. Vegas, City Was of Champions. Sports Illustrated that did that? I don't remember. I just I'll always remember, first off, his haircut. And then I'll always remember how much it cost to get that haircut, which just blew my mind. Which is awful. Uh, The Stanley Cup Finals ratings are just awful, abysmal. NBA Finals also down for ratings. NBA playoffs as a whole up uh, top to bottom. I think that's in large part due to the product on the court and the uh, the ability to stay uh, silent and, and shut up off of it in terms of anything regarding uh, outside noise reflecting the opposite of the sport. And from the Stanley Cup perspective, they end up with Vegas and Florida instead of any of the Canadian teams that could have made their run, which would have been a massive draw for them. Uh, My guess is not much of Canada is watching this. And from the ratings on the, the, uh, the United States perspective, We're not tuned in all that much anyway in regards to the NHL compared to the NBA. And we, by and large part, as a viewing audience, tuned out the NBA more than what we've seen the last couple of years, but uh, down from when Golden State was in there and the draw of Steph Curry instead of what we saw with, for the first time, Jokic on a national platform against an eight seed in the Miami Heat. Just no buzz. Yeah, <clears throat> None there, at there all. Wasn't. And, and there this, was a big I mean, wait between the Western Conference final. You had that. It, there was a. The Heat kept ex- having to play through and extend the series. And we, we saw what was what we thought was going to be a long, what, week and a half turned out to be a few days for them. But it just, wait, you're right. It just became a, a non factor uh, for a must watch series. And a lot of the games, while uh, the first couple were good, the games in Miami were not. Yeah, and, just, then, and then what we saw at Game Five, you're already winning four-one. I, I, I don't blame those who tuned out. NBA playoffs were were um, 
a little bit different this year, and it was lopsided early on. Like if the front end was the most entertaining. I thought the Lakers run they went on. Yeah. The drama in the Lakers Grizzly series. But Lakers Nuggets produced good games. Those were close. Yeah. Close games. But I'm saying if you just look at you know where they had this was the most watched uh, first round series mm-hmm. you know in the last 15 years. Right. All those things were happening early on. Philly and the Celtics going seven games was great. Celtics Heat going seven games. It all built to the conference finals where the Nuggets really weren't overly tested throughout, no. but it built up the conference finals, and then they, they fell off a cliff for the NBA finals. I, I love the Jokic story, and I love the Heat story being an 8 seed going there, but, I mean, I'll be honest, I think some of the buzz wore off as the playoffs went on, and when you got to the finals, it didn't feel quite as big, and the ratings reflected that, but it still had way more buzz than that Stanley Cup final which had none in the United States. And I'm not going to overreact to that because I've said throughout, I just don't, and I'm like most sports fans, I feel like nobody cares about the Vegas Golden Knights. Nobody cares about the Florida Panthers unless you were in those markets. These are not the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins and teams with a history. It's just not. So it's hard to get a buzz going with those teams. So... I'm not just going to throw the NHL aside and say, you know, it's never going to be compelling or you're not going to have good television ratings again. Maybe you will with the right matchup. This year's was certainly not the right matchup for TV ratings. And while the the ratings uh, for the NBA Finals were down, um, Chad, I I take it. Maybe they're down this year. I think they they may have to go through that in order to develop what's, what's the new team and the new buzz that we're talking about. Because we didn't have L.A., you didn't have Golden State. The Heat have been there. The, the Boston Celtics have been there. But again, like this, going into the playoffs, the storylines were the Kings. You have, of course, what uh, the Grizzlies were doing because John Morant had just returned, and the Nuggets on the opposite end of things uh, that no one had seen really. They had a two-time MVP on a number one seed and a. They faced the most pressure, but I don't think they actually had a lot of pressure on them with everyone coming back and, and having a healthy roster. Point being, I think they developed some stars on that Nuggets roster that otherwise uh, no one would have seen for another year on what's been a consecutive run of the Warriors or the usual suspects. And by the way, the Nuggets in Vegas next year are the odds-on favorite to win the NBA Finals and hoist the, the trophy yet again. But right behind them, the Boston Celtics, the Los Angeles Lakers. You have your usual suspects of teams and, and organizations that are right there, too. Ch- challenge, though, is you know the Warriors had to become the Warriors. Can the Nuggets become the Nuggets well, but the, the, from a television ratings perspective? But the, the problem, though, is that's already happened, and we didn't watch the climb. We watched the Warriors become the Warriors uh, because the Warriors, we compared to what we saw from the Kings in round one, right? This is like the slow build, and then you see them drastically improve the second time around in the postseason. Yeah. The, the Nuggets have been doing that, but they just weren't viewed the but same way. I just, if you go back, and I can double check this, or we can, I'm pretty sure that first Warriors finals was not a highly rated finals. It was when they got back and back again. And, and then the, the matchup with LeBron and the Cavs that had great ratings, where they came back from 3 1, LeBron, the Cavs did. I feel like it was after they won their first title 
you saw upticks every time they got back until this last year against the Celtics. So where it went down big time. Their first title where they lost to LeBron, it drew uh, 19.9 million. That was not their first title. They'd won before that. 2015? I'd I th- so say the finals before they won against Cleveland. Uh, 2015, Golden State. Uh, the finals before that one was San Antonio, Miami, and back-to-back years, and then Oklahoma, OKC. Um, 2015 and a 4-2 win for Cleveland. It ended up being uh, an 11.6 rating, 19.9 million. Year after that, 20.2 was the year they won. Yeah, they won in uh, 2015 was their first one. But they didn't reach the finals prior to that. No, but I said the one they won. They got to the finals and won it in 2015, right? Yeah, with, with 19.9 million, right? And then they lost in 2016. to the to, That was the rematch. 20, 20.2. Yep. And then 2017, they won again. Won it, 4-1, 20.4. 2018, won in a sweep, 17.6. That one went down. And then 2022 was down from that. But there was, a, while it's small, an incremental climb up to where they became a preeminent organization. Yeah. That's my point with the Nuggets. But, I mean, they, they were in it, and then they just, they just took off. Yeah, but that's, they took off because it wasn't just, oh, this is a nice story, and now they got there and they finally accomplished it. They're back all the time. So if the Nuggets keep getting back, is that going to improve the ratings? Or does it decline? Because a year from now, no one cares if they're back because they already won it. I mean, it could be worse but, on the other end. But that's been the NBA, though. I mean, you've seen runs of teams and massive numbers year after year after year of the same teams playing. Um, so I, I don't think that would play a factor as much as the star power. And we just lack that in the NBA Finals because the stars were not developed because of the attention paid during the regular season if you're a massive fan, you knew about these guys. But I, I, I'm, I'm just simply saying, like, you, uh, from a playoff perspective, I wasn't watching the Nuggets in the first or second round. I was watching L.A. and Golden State, Memphis, and Sacramento. That was, those were the two series we were discussing on the show, not whatever the Nuggets were doing. Um, and then you didn't have Milwaukee this year because they get knocked out by the Heat in the first round as the eight seed. The, uh, by the way, the ratings last year, uh, 11.6 million was the average this year for Denver and Miami. Last year, Golden State-Boston drew 12.4. So you saw the lowest we've seen in a long time during the COVID season, the bubble, 7.7. went up to 10.2 in 2021, and it's gradually climbed and then a dip this year with Denver and Miami. 2021 was Phoenix-Milwaukee. That was the first non-COVID Milwaukee winning it. It it may not matter. I mean, I'm, I'm posing the question. I don't know the answer. But the Warriors are looked at differently, obviously, because of the titles and because of the star power. Well, the Nuggets have this, had the star power. Now they have the title, mm-hmm. not plural. But does that make them a main draw and a better TV attraction? I don't know. We'll find out next season. Um, and one thing we do know is they're not going to get back to their 90s ratings on NBC. Unless they bring back that theme, Chad. I, I honestly, I, I, you never say never in sports or life. I, I'm saying never on that one. It's never going to be like that again. They're drawing 29, And I think million. the biggest reason for that is the NFL has taken over so much yeah. from that point. To now. Not that it wasn't a huge draw then in the, in the early to you know, late 90s, but it's never going to be that way again. I, I just think that the NBA, 
they reached the mountaintop during the Jordan years, and it's never going to be the same. Chad, uh, a senior prank gone wrong when we come back, plus an honor, an accolade that Mike Leach would not be accepting if you were alive today. That's next on Hot Mike. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Six the Peabody Air location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hunting Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Great crew each and every day making the show happen for you. Hope you'll subscribe to the channel, the Outkick channel on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Hit that uh, like button. Share the feed as well. And uh, ring that bell. You ring the bell and you're able to receive the alerts, Chad, anytime that we go live each and every weekday, 3 o'clock Eastern where you can join us. And Not like uh, what James Kahn says in the program where he says, ring that championship bell. We're just asking you to ring that YouTube bell. Championship bell will be, Every day. Will be rung on Fridays. That's right. That's when we uh, proclaim uh, the championship one. It will be one. rung with uh, a certain strong cocktail here also, or, <laughs> or beer, a beverage of some sort. No doubt. Uh, Chad. Before we get to a, a headline involving Mike Leach that I'm not sure he would be happy about, um, speaking of weird, time to get weird uh, here on Hot Mike. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! Davey Hudson joins us with the strangest, weirdest stories of the day. Davey, welcome. What do you have? Thank you, Hutton. Glad to be here. We got four stories today, and I think you all will notice a sizable shift as we go in tone throughout these stories. We're going to do the fill-in-the-blank version, kind of give you guys an opportunity to see if you know what's going to happen next. Okay. Some of these, I mean, you guys did pretty well last time. I think uh, that trend will continue again. But to get us started Hold on, off, Davey. Can I, before you get started, can I give you a legitimate compliment right now? Uh, a genuine one, unlike the ones that I normally do. You like yeah, your shirt? Sure. Like I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. I really do like that look on you. I, I like the shirt. It's a good look for you. It's a good, it's a good as the kids call it, it's a good fit. It's a good fit. Made famous by Jim Hopper. So, uh, there you go. Wear that on the first date with uh, who you haven't DM'd back yet. But Davey's mm. dating life will be the subject of next week's yep. Let's Get Weird. Dating when we Davey. find out how weird the date got. It used to be a thing. And uh, prior co-hosts, I would tell them where things went wrong, and they would give me advice on how to improve the dating life moving forward. And I told them that was uh -huh. terrible advice, even though they were in happy relationships and marriages with kids. I, you know, I, I stuck to my guns, and I was like, nope, that doesn't seem right. So... I believe that we should do a little version, a smaller version of Let's Get Weird Every Day. And if that version could be a five-part series on Davey Hudson's dating life or just a recap of the date in short increments and we go through the night from appetizer to dessert... You think it lasts that to long? To the invite into the home, possibly? You think possibly? it lasts appetizer to dessert? If you think I'm, I'm shelling out money for appetizers, guy, I don't know what you're oh, thinking. And dessert. This is entree only. Well, we, yeah, this is entree Davy here. Especially if they're like the drinks are on top of that. Zero foreplay. We're going 
full-on four-course meal? No, no. Uh, I hope you know that if you order that salad, that is your entree. Yeah. No extra <laughs> I'm not going to be getting the entree no on top of it. No extra croutons That's for That's right. You. That will be it on the, on the evening. All right, Davey. Sorry to derail your segment. Go ahead. No worries at all. Let's dive right in. Senior prank gone wrong, blank edition. I want to say animal edition. Animal edition. Uh, senior prank gone wrong. Man, my mind is in the gutter right now with the words that I want to say. Um, teacher edition. Uh, well, it's just actually cement and toilets edition. This, see, it's not that crazy. Like I said, you know, I like to try to All ease right. into this subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, some students, uh, well, actually over 80 in North Carolina, this was in Burlington, North Carolina, at Walter Williams High School, decided that they would put cement in toilets. They ended up causing over $4,000 worth of damage. I get it. You want to have a senior prank. But, I mean vandalism to this extent they were not able to walk at graduation uh this past weekend and so the fact that they were able to track down over 80 students pretty impressive if you ask me but come on guys do something original that's not going to yeah get to this level of destruction i mean who who thought this through like hey surely they'll just be able to fix it no use your brains but again it's gen z they don't really use those anymore so my generation we had a senior prank that went awry and I was actually uh, with a girl at the time and did not go to the senior prank. But everyone that was caught in this prank, cops showed up. You would have been there. You they would have been there, them. right? No, it gets worse than that. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't like the plan. The, the execution oh. of the plan was even worse. Okay. I'll get to that. But the, they all got caught. They weren't just threatened not to walk. They told them they were going to come back to school for a year. But they weren't going to graduate, which uh, parents got involved. There were lawsuits threatened. Like, come on. You can't hold our kid back from their future for a year because you're mad about a school prank. They did not walk, though, uh, at our graduation. Everyone that was caught. Uh, I believe everyone that was a part of it was in some way punished. One, by not walking. But the reasoning was because there were some girls in my senior class who took it upon themselves to write some horrendous things about the principal and some other teachers on the wall. And I forget the exact substance that was used on the wall, but it was not pretty in what happened. And that's where it went to the next level. And when the principal showed up and saw this, there was fire and brimstone. There was wrath that was on the table. Too much truth on the wall. And that is where uh, it went uh, sideways. Too much truth. This prank was so uh, famous, Hutton, that we got contacted by MTV they had a show at the time called High School Pranks or something. It lasted probably a year or two. It's probably still on. I was interviewed for it as the outsider that was in the friend group oh, that did not this. go. And uh, they did not air the episode. If we had this footage, we couldn't play it. But this anyway. is when I always go back to reality TV about how like people say dumb things. They try to shape your answer to bury people. You know, it's like, oh, so uh, I'm just going to, I'm not really making up a name, but I'll say a first name involved. Yeah. So Amy was the ringleader, right? Say that. Say Amy was the ringleader. When they're interviewing, I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. I don't know that she was the ringleader. Chad was actually on the show Undressed on MTV. <laughs> yeah, that too. That was season three. I made that one. But everything they were throwing to me, they're like trying to get me to say something on camera that I wouldn't say. Oh, there's people under the so bus So it's probably already. very boring, so they yeah. didn't air the episode. But that's my high school prank story. All right, guys, we'll keep this moving along. You'll notice the tone starts to shift. But a Belgian man pranks his family by? By faking his own death. I'm going to say uh, by covering himself in uh, syrup from the Belgian waffle. Mm. Uh, Chad's right. This guy actually faked his own funeral. 
I, I did not look at this, by the way. That's just an amazing job by me. Ter- terrible person in general. But the guy's name is David Bertrand, and he literally showed up to his own funeral in a helicopter. You can see the blurry what? footage we have here. Yeah, this was terrible. Like They have this entire thing. Did another man die? His, no, no, nobody actually his died. Funeral. His family was involved. His daughter posted something on social media. And again, he's like a TikTok influencer, but he's in his 40s. There's a terrible picture. And I mean, he showed up to his own funeral just wearing terrible garb. I don't, I don't know what his deal is there. So his immediate I, family knew about this? His immediate family did, but there's other people oh, that are genuinely cross. thought he is dead. I mean, <laughs> oh you look God. at this. I feel bad for that guy. But if you look even closer, you will notice uh, below David's arm, there is a barbed wire tattoo, which tells me this wasn't his first bad life decision. Yeah. Um, so the fact really with that tattoo that he's alive past 40 is also a testament to him as well. But you go, he said that he wanted to make people realize that, you know, you need to appreciate people while they're here because when they're gone, you don't know what you're going to miss. He also said he was just having a down part in his life. I actually want to get the, the right quote. I first saw this on the New York Post. It just made me mad. He goes, what I see in my family often hurts me. I never get invited to anything. Nobody sees me. We all grow apart. I felt unappreciated. That's why I wanted to give them a life lesson and show them that you shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. You'll miss me when I'm gone. I personally wish the helicopter would have crashed and he did die. I mean, that's maybe a little too far. They go hard in Belgium. That's the lesson from this. Like their comedy, their sense of humor, it goes dark and it goes hard in that country. That is amazing. It's, It's terrible. I mean, I would. It's awful, but it's also, I mean, it's someone with a psychological problem. It's like, you know, someone, uh, that would go and, and threaten crazy things every time they don't get their way. Uh, that's, that's what this is. Hey, I'll go fake my own death so I can watch you all get sad. And then I'll come back and I'll be the hero because I'm actually alive. Uh, crazy. Do you remember on a Chappelle show, uh, Davey may be a little young for this, or maybe he went back and watched it, but on Chappelle show, when they had the fake Ashton Kutcher, like punked, but it was called zap. Yes. And they did the sketch. Yes. And this reminded me of when he plays the doctor, Dave Chappelle is the surgeon and he comes out of an operating what room and he tells news. two kids that their parents died in a car accident <laughs> and the kids are just crying and he's like, I'm just playing with y'all. You've been zapped. You're on zapped. And the kids are like <laughs> in tears like, why would you do this to us? And everybody's cracking up in the audience watching it. Uh, that's what this reminds me of with the, the helicopter and the guy faking his own death. All right, guys, we'll keep things moving along. Dead Ecuadorian woman blank. Comes to life. Stuffed. Taxidermy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she, she actually knocks on her uh, own please, coffin. Please clarify what you mean by that. She did what? She knocks on her own coffin. She was pronounced dead. Legally, death certificate was handed over. So she comes to life. Yeah, yeah she comes to life. Got the last two correct. Wow. This has happened before, though. It has. And this, this is like an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. Or poem. Uh, she was a retired nurse. Bella Montoya. How quick do they get to the funeral in these countries? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if thirty it, minutes after. after well, death. well, that's when it used they're to, not doing used any bombing. More, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It used to happen more often when they didn't have the, that damn uh, formaldehyde shortage has really cost us some yeah. some lives close to us because we just put them in the ground twenty minutes after we think they're dead. Oh, they were just really drunk and sleeping hard. I mean, she's still in very critical condition. Seventy-six <laughs> year old woman. I. 
I mean, I, I don't know what you think. You're the family in that situation. You obviously, I don't want to think about You're there the and you just hear the knocking. Chad, I did have a reference. I wanted to see if you caught it. Leslie Chow? No, not for that. Uh, but the, the phrase is Paulo lies. No. Pulling back. All right. Uh, that, that was a lost one. reference if you ever saw the episode oh, where the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the V missing? Yep. Yes. Okay. And so um, I thought you were going to go with not Penny's boat. That's the reference I definitely would have had. No, on the, Charlie, on the, putting on the, the hand, hand up. Yes. Not Penny's boat. Desmond. Um, Davey. Great show. Hutton's watched it also. Yes, Lost. I have. I don't, I don't get the reference either, though. Uh, final one. Yeah, just moving things along. Harvard morgue manager accused of blank. Um, putting living people in the morgue. <laughs> Uh, theft. Hutton, you're, you're partially correct. Yes, it was stealing the body parts and then selling them to other buyers. Uh, this is really at Harvard. So the fact that it happened at their med school really does say a lot. But the guy involved, his last name, I've already forgotten it. Just give me one second to find it here. This so, guy, oh yeah, Chris Law or Cedric Lodge. Uh, he is definitely. Uh, he's been accused. Nothing's official as of yet, but I mean, this was some pretty gory stuff. He was even letting people come into the morgue, pick out the body parts that they wanted, what they were using them for. Uh, allegedly, like at some point, there was like skins that they were making into certain types of leather. Very grotesque. Very just voodoo. Make stuff. you sick to your stomach. Yeah, yeah. kind of listening to this. I mean, there were heads that were sold. Very gross stuff that. They're still kind of sifting through, but the criminal complaint has him and about six other people. I mean, that's one of the accused buyers. You can tell she's really got her act together. Uh, but this is definitely something to keep an eye on. Don't I, judge a book by its cover, Davey. Come on. Maybe this woman <laughs> I was going to say they must, rest be, of us. must be paying a lot of money, but I'm, Davey, I'm guessing... Davey, very the, anti-tattoo the is client, what we've learned The clientele is... Uh, I mean, where do you get the money to See, this is not the clientele that I would think would be buying. I think it'd be like some uh, yep. super wealthy person yep. in Europe that's buying it for their next dinner party because they like to you know, put uh, uh, fingernails in milkshakes or something and consume them They're, for dessert. They were even sending some of this stuff through the postal service. So <laughs> uh, do you go to the dark web for this? Like, or is it just a, a listing somewhere, you know, Facebook marketplace? Nah, it's definitely, dark how do web. you, how do you uh, list a femur that you're going to sell to someone from a, yeah. a human cadaver? Like how do you, how do you market that? I'm, I'm assuming that's how they were caught. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is catching players for betting on anything and we can't catch the, the Harvard, Guy at morgue uh, at the morgue who's leaving the door unlocked. Someone just going around. It's word of mouth. Someone saying, "You know, I got a great patella guy." Yeah. If you need a patella, random for your people next just party, walking in, picking out what, what they want. I got someone who can do that this, for you. This might be a bit of a surprise, but he's no longer employed at Harvard. <laughs> I was. I wonder if he actually was. Do you think? He, do you think he faked his uh, his resume, Chad? Uh, possibly. I mean, look, if you can get a, how, how long did this, this act go on, Davey? Do you know? Oh, since 2017. If you can get away from it that long, then yes, you could fabricate your own resume and make sure that you get a job that you want, that you're not, that you're not really, that you suitable to get, obviously with this story. There's a story involving uh, Mike Leach that we would not have believed, uh, if he were still with us, but Texas Tech is going to honor him. Uh, they are going to induct him into the Red Raiders Hall of Honors. Uh, alongside, you've got Cliff Kingsbury and others into the Hall of Fame. This will be taking place in September. Chad, there's no way Mike Leach would be uh, on board with this. He's the, I know he's the all-time winningest coach. Um, 
to his, his dying days, he said that Texas Tech owed him money. And he would not be going into the Hall of Fame uh, if Coach were, were around to see this. His untimely death is the only way this is happening with the school. And I mean, he wouldn't be there if he was alive. No. Even if they decided, hey, we're going to honor you in absentia. If you don't want to come, we're still going to honor you. That's the only way it would happen. He would show up and serve them with something. That's what, yep. that's what would take place. Coming up, there's a new world record holder for the Rubik's Cube, which is just insane. Plus, we'll update you on the uh, top headlines going into the evening next on Hot Mike. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the OutKick network. Chad, nine people have been arrested in this string of thefts that have uh, included Yogi Berra's World Series ring, uh, rings, uh, Roger Maris's MVP award, and, and other things. Apparently, like eight or nine guys melted this down into like a, a metal bar and then sold that for significantly less than whatever these yeah, valuables were worth. Yeah, it feels like the valuable, you'd be easier to get caught too, but um, crazy. Sad. Yeah, nuts. Glad uh, they were caught. You ever thought about what it would take to truly immerse yourself in trying to uh, obtain a Guinness World Record? Depends on the world record because I try to find the easiest ones to break. Like the ones that you hear about and you see. But the ones that don't exist. If I had the patience for that or, you know, that just took the time to do it, I could break that one. There's not a lot out there like that. There's now a, a new record holder. In uh, solving the Rubik's Cube, 3.13 seconds. We're watching this live now uh, on OutKick. How many attempts does this take till you get to that number? The three seconds? Yeah. He's observing it now, and I think he starts the clock. Oh, just right when he starts moving it? Yes, and then... That is insane. Yeah, it's insane. So, so... I love the kid that's, uh, that's administering this this test. And this is like a child doing it. He's almost in <laughs> tears when it happens and just going crazy. And he knew he set the record seeing the 3.134. Uh, but my question is, so, so he's the world record holder. Like Max Park, we bow to you at, at 21 years old. You 3.1 seconds on the Rubik's Cube. But like, at what point is it uh, you've obtained this after doing this over and over and over and over? At what point are you just like, okay, that's, that's all the recognition I get? Someone else is going to try to beat me and I just have to keep doing this? Like that's your, I know he's, he's doing much more than just trying to solve a Rubik's Cube all the time. But you have to devote a lot of time into yeah. this. And it's so much more than just uh, you know, having your name on a, on a plaque, on a wall, in a book, on a website, isn't it? Well, I think it's got to be worth more than that. We've all done something, you know, stupid things before that you're throwing a tennis ball back and forth to your buddy or whatever it may be, and you get into this game mode, and it's like, we have to beat this number. Can right. we do this 200 times? 
Can we do this 500 times? Whatever the number is, can we beat our previous record? Pool games are like this. You start doing something, and then it's like, okay, now that we've started, we have to get to this. We would do this at my parents' house back in the day where we'd throw a football towards the basketball goal and try to sink it from different parts around the yard. And then we'd get going, and we would not stop. It would be dark, and we're out there with a, a flashlight on the goal trying to complete this thing for nothing. And now the, those Absolutely guys are on the arena nothing. tours. No one credits any of us for doing this, even amongst <laughs> ourselves. Years later, no one cares. The fact I'm saying it right now, I can tell no one gives a damn other than us in that moment. So yeah. if I can get that into that, then someone that's brilliant like this with a Rubik's Cube can get that into something just to have their name in a record book. And but that's it. But he's winning and totally like, satisfied. There, there, are, there are competitions and tournaments for this where you, you try to beat your opponent in solving the cube. But, I mean, at what point are you just like, man, I'm, I'm so good at this, I'm bored. Like, I'm too good at whatever I've devoted all this work towards. Move on to the next challenge. Yeah. Now, he broke a record that was previously, previously set, I believe, in 2018. So maybe someone comes along and does it in 3.014. I'm reading a lot about Cormac McCarthy, the great American author who uh, recently passed from Knoxville, uh, grew up there, recently passed this week. And he put writing as like I think number 24 on his list of interests like he just surrounded himself with scientists he was a civil engineer uh, from the University of Tennessee and he had so many more interests he just so he, happened to be very good at writing so he wrote about what he was interested in well he wrote about he wrote like a lot of very dark novels right and violent novels but yeah he just wasn't all that interested in novels he was just good at it he liked it when he did it and he would devote time to it, but it was so far down the list of his interest. I feel like if you're someone that brilliant at something, yeah. you could find another interest that could, I'm sure he has them. you could devote yourself to. I'm right? sure he has them. That's some voodoo stuff, though, man. Magic tricks. Except he's doing it legit. We're back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. In the meantime, check out portions of the show and any program from Outkick on the YouTube channel. Hit us up there and hit us up on social media. 